Welcome to the Kim Kim Podcast, where we share travel stories from all over the world. We learn from our local experts, travelers, and travel entrepreneurs. Travel is our way of life, and we aspire to inspire more people to travel to interesting places and to have memorable experiences. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 12th episode of the Kim Kim Podcast. My name is Joost Shreve, and I'm co-founder and CEO of Kim Kim. Today, I have Nima Dorje Sherpa as my guest. Nima grew up in Pankom, a small village close to Mount Everest in Nepal. He started out as a porter, carrying heavy loads as a young boy, and he climbed his way up to become a guide, and eventually, he's running his own travel company in Kathmandu. Welcome to the podcast, Nima. It's great to have you. Oh, thank you, Joost. Great. So, so it's morning here in California and it's, it's evening uh, in Kathmandu and it's, uh, it's the monsoon right now, right? So I guess you guys have some rain. Yeah, right now it's, uh, it's the middle of monsoon in Nepal and uh, mostly it's uh, cloudy in the mountains and uh, basically every day is quite a heavy raining actually. Right. And so the roads are uh, sometimes a bit challenging and the flights also uh, are not as reliable, I guess, uh, Sometimes they get cancelled and everything, right? Yeah, that is that that is true. Used uh, mostly a lot of the airports uh, due to bad weather, their flight has been cancelled, and we also there are a lot of lens lens light, and the route has been blocked too. Right, right. But still, like some people are traveling there, so it's quite an adventure, I guess, to go there in monsoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I see there are a lot of tourists. Uh, still, a lot of tourists are uh, doing the trips in different part of Nepal. Cool. Hey, so Nima, let, let's start to talk a little bit about uh, uh, how you started out uh, as a young boy in, uh, in this little village called Pankom. I've been there a few times. Uh, it's beautiful there. Uh, do you mind describing the village a little bit? Yeah, I, I mean, Pankom is my birthplace in south of the Everest region. It is uh, 2,850 meters and my age one, my age is 13. And I met Sir Edmund Hilary coming from the Eastern Nepal, tripped through the Pangom, see the Pangom School, because uh, Sir Edmund Hilary is the, one of the founders of the Pangom School in the, our area. Right. And so he came through, um, Edmund Hilary, the, uh, one of the first two people to climb Mount Everest, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So by the time when you came to Pangom, and I was, uh, I was actually very excited to see the tourists. Right. And I was even I'm 13 years old, and then a year later I decided to look for a job as a porter. And I went to Lukla, and then found uh, jobs like as a porter. We went off to Everest Base Camp. Right. So as a as a 14 year old boy, right? So was it common at the time to start uh, that early as a as a porter? Well, actually, it's uh, another thing is uh, in depending on the fa- family background because we have a huge family and my father passed away quite a long time. So then I need to help to my mom to to feed the, all the other brothers and sisters. So right, you you're the oldest, the, right? Yeah, I'm the oldest. That was the reason I had to start as a porter. Wow, wow, and that uh, and 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 you started carrying. Uh, um, Loads for people trekking, I guess, in the Everest region, is it right? That, that's right, that's right. The people are, there's a big uh, French group uh, going out to the Everest basically at that time. 
Yeah. Okay. Can you talk about that the first experience? That must have been, uh, you know, quite a intense experience uh, at that age. I'm sure. Well, I was uh, I was very strong actually, but uh, we don't have that good equipment like uh, you know, boots or socks and you know all those things. Right. But as a we are as a being porter, that I started with a bad fit, without shoes and things like that. But uh, finally, this uh, French groups have been very kind. So they are very helpful. So they always look after me very well. As of they treat me as of kids, after they are kids, you know. So they also giving me jackets and shoes and after the trips things like that. So, but I was also very strong actually at that time. And I'm always being in the first porter at that time. Well. So, so the end of the trips, uh, the French people are very surprised. Even I was very young, but very strong in the mountain. Right, right. So end of the trips, uh, they all left their boots, pair of, few pairs of boots and jackets, which is we don't have those clothes. So that was uh, that has been. Uh, I've been using those things for quite a few years, actually. That was, I should say thanks once again, the French team. Right. That's great. And then uh, I guess you stayed as a porter, you worked as a porter for, for quite a few years um, before then uh, moving up the ladder and becoming a, a, an assistant guide. Yeah. Later, after the, I, even after that, I've been a few times as a porter and then, then I became a, as a kitchen boy. Right. Right, and I stay a few years for the kitchen boy, and then, then I become of as a Sherpa, the second guide. Right, right. The Sherpa and is, uh, I guess, they are called assistant guides uh, mostly today. Is that right? Ex yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Yes, right. yes. Right. And then uh, in 1989 I went to as a Sherpa with a big. Um, British group for monsoon trek, it's called flower trek. They are looking for flower around Annapurna area. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a 28 days trek. But uh, middle of the trek, there's a, one of uh, clients from UK has been very ill and her weight was like 86 kilo. It was, uh, I think I was like 19 years. Oh. And she's been very ill on the trek, so we have to. I have to carry her down, to bring back to the Kathmandu. Right. So I saw. I saved her life. At during that time, and then later she went back to UK, and then, then she sponsored me to come to visit in the UK in 1991. Got it. Yeah. So, during my stay three months in the UK, as I have a. I was very lucky because she paid everything for me. And uh, when I reached the UK, they are waiting for me outside the airport. They took me to uh, their house and uh, they also, during my stay three months, they, we have a, quite a practice to speak the English learning based, you know, at that time. Right, because you didn't speak any English at the time, right? I speak a little bit at that time, but not, not much, not much. So, but I was lucky to have uh, been, been in the UK and then doing my stay three months is quite, I learned quite a lot of English actually by speaking practice. 
So here you were, like I guess a 16-year-old boy or something uh, in that range, um, coming from a, a tiny village in Nepal, never having been, uh, you know, you hadn't even been to Kathmandu for for uh, until recently, I guess, and then and then suddenly you were in uh, in the UK, right? Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Right. Yes. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's. I mean, I <clears throat> I was very lucky because um, I think I walk. I've been working very hard, but uh, everybody. Know that I've been working very hard. So once you right. work very hard, you get sometimes lucky to meet a good good people. You know. No, exactly. That's a great life lesson uh, that I also live by. If you work hard, at some point you get lucky, and uh, it looks uh, sometimes to the outside world like it was just luck. But uh, the hard work puts you in a position to uh, become lucky, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I feel that. Great. Um, okay, and then um, yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about uh, the next few years. Um, we actually met uh, for the first time in 1993, so that's uh, uh, about uh, 23 years ago now. Um, and I met you when you were a guide for summit trekking, and I was working in Kathmandu at the time. Uh, so you got promoted to guide, I guess, uh, just prior to that, right? Yes. Soon after I got back uh, from uh, UK, <coughs> immediately I did a guide training uh, from the Nepal Academic of Tourism and Hotel Management. Cool. And so, uh, and then you became a guide. Um, yeah. Once I get a license, then uh, I used to work with the uh, with the other company at that time. But uh, and then the summit trekking, looking for the good guide. Yep. So then uh, somebody referred me to just for one trek, but uh, for one trek only. But uh, soon I have done the one trek from the summit trek. Then summit trekking not letting me go with other companies. So. Then I've been working for until 1996 as a prominent guide as well. Yeah. And then you started your own uh, your own guiding uh, company, right? Your own trekking company. Yeah, 1996. Uh, a lot of people who've been trekking with me, everybody's all of my clients telling me that you're working so hard for other people. So now this is time you time for me to. Uh, stand on your own my own feet so everybody's pushing me for that way so then i have started my own company in 1996. great and the company name is still the same uh, nepal myth and mountain trails right exactly yes same cool um and i think also at that time already uh you were running uh, your own you turned your house in 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 Caricola, which is a village uh, close to Pankom, where you're from, into a lodge, is that right? Yeah, there was a... Yes, that uh, at that time we are running the uh, small kind of tea houses, we call lodges tea houses in the Karikola. There's a main track uh, road goes to from Jiri to Everest or from Pablo to Everest. Right. And that trail is on the... And uh, it's called Sorry, the line was breaking up a little it's bit. Called but, Karikola uh, Guest House. Got it. Got it. Yep. Yep. Great. Um, yeah, and no, I've been there a few times actually, and it's it's quite beautiful there as well. A bit lower, uh, below Pankom, but in uh, in a very nice uh, uh, green, uh, lush area. Um, beautiful valley there. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it is a small village in Karikola. That's right on the top of the hill. So there was uh, people like very much to stay there, but. Uh, <clears throat> 
the last year the earthquake has been completely destroyed the the old building so we have set all we set up new buildings as, as well right right yeah let's talk about that in a sec but i'm really interested to hear um uh, about how you build your company and how how you slowly uh, um you know increased your your business um you know maybe tell us a little bit about uh, how it was to start your company were there any surprises was anything hard to uh, get it off the ground um you know it must have been another quite uh, intense experience in the starting stages uh, we we had a a bit of a problem actually because uh, no email no internet facilities to communicate with the clients at that time and uh, we always do biweekly letter posting letter so that it always takes quite a long time but suddenly suddenly one year later that the internet and fax all those facilities came up so then that was a quite uh, easy to communicate it with the clients very fast way and uh, the most of my my clients are who have already done for many times trek with us so everybody's was sending letter to to helping me and they are willing to come to for trekking Nepal right right so they just sent you a letter saying hey i'm arriving um uh in you know on on such date in the future and i'm uh and 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 you would write them back uh, confirming uh, uh the trek was on yeah exactly by letter but sometimes sometimes we will we, we do not receive the letter on on time as well because the post system is nepal is not a fast way right but uh, when people come to kathmandu and they are looking looking for us but uh, luckily then one year later that uh, the all these uh, internet uh, facilities came up then 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 makes uh, more easy and then also easy to promote the make up by website and then easy to communicate with the clients yeah but uh, that's hardest that it was a quite a hard time in the beginning because uh, sometimes people arrive at mid of night but we don't know the time all the flight details and things like that you know all those things yeah but they soon the the communication facilities grow off the country uh, around the world makes it quite easy to communicate it for everybody you know right right but i guess it also brings uh, more competition in many ways right exactly exactly there's a good thing also there by the net internet bad things also there as well right right no that, that makes sense i mean it's uh, it's a quite a competitive uh, world now where everyone can uh, put up a website and and claim their uh, organizing tracks in nepal and uh, and how do you know as a as a traveler which company you can trust right yeah exactly but most of our clients is uh, coming by recommendations by somebody who have done already or the other thing is like uh, people who are who, who never been nepal i think they should have to be uh find some some ways to the the good company because uh yeah there we have a lot of tracking and travel company but i'm very confident that uh a lot of new companies are not providing quality service for the clients they are looking just a short time so and our company our companies are been for now 19 almost 20 years and we always want to do 
perspective for long-term business, and we always want to make the people come back again. Right. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's really important uh, that not everyone realizes is that uh, if you treat your staff uh, as cheap as possible in terms of giving them, uh, uh, not giving them the right equipment, which I've seen when, when we were actually trekking in, uh, in Mira Peak, for example, together uh, about 10 years ago, um, you see groups where the porters don't even have shoes and they're, they're crossing a glacier, uh, which is absolutely uh, dangerous and uh, and, 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 and they couldn't even make it, the group. So, so, so they, they, they got a cheap deal, but, but the deal was uh, turned out to be actually really cheap and they couldn't even make it. So um, yeah, I think it's important for travelers who come to Nepal to realize that uh, it's important to make sure that uh, the staff is treated well, which is not only the right thing to do, but it's also will ensure that you can actually get where you want to go as opposed to getting, having to turn around because your, uh, your staff gets sick or, or, or their feet simply uh, get frozen. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you are right because there are many companies uh, selling the trip, but people, the clients doesn't know about what they're providing these uh, facilities for the staff, as as well as for the for the clients. But people, only, the clients will only find find those things when they are in Nepal during the trek. But the basically our company is like, like providing good equipment and also will providing quality of the service for the clients and. Also, we'll take the guarantee of the service. Right, right, exactly. And, uh, and we also providing now these days is like a very educated uh, experience guides in the staff, which that's the reason that uh, all our clients are coming back with a sm big smiling. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, that's the way to, to do it. The business, I guess, is that we was totally for long term. Right. Yeah, focus on quality and, um, um, you know, that will make sure that people are actually happy and, uh, and will refer you and will come back. Um, makes sense. Hey, Nima, can you talk a little bit about uh, your, uh, your charity projects in, uh, in, in the area where you're from? Um, uh, I think you've done a lot of uh, work there. Um, you know, perhaps to share a few of the projects you've done for your village. Um, actually, the Pangom School was... The first the founder by, uh, is sponsored by Sir Edmund Hillary. There was a small building, but uh, after after I think 33 years later, the school was a uh, really bad condition. So anytime school can be collapsed down. So when I'm doing the guiding I, in the 1995, I came trek from Arnhem Valley to Pangom, and then every village people request me to to do uh, the fundraising and uh, rebuild the schools because the school condition was so bad. So then uh, I was uh, quite willing to help because I thought the education was uh, education is very important. Mm -hmm. So then so we have a group from Netherlands at that time. They will also donate money and some from others, uh, UK also donate. So we did the rebuild of the Pankama completely new building that is school. Mm -hmm. And then since, since when we're doing the opening ceremony of the school, Pangom school, there's many people came from different part of the, that area. The, everybody wants to have a school because they, they don't have a school that area. Right. Well, I cannot do, I cannot accept what everybody says because uh, we don't have fun, those things. But I promise they accept uh, one school, which is Mera Primary School. Right. We start a new building again. To, 
two years later that uh, which was donated by the um, from New Zealand and the, our ski exp, ski eight thousand team from Netherlands and then also we have some fun from UK. So now school are running very well and the poor kids are getting really good education from that school as well. Yep. And then later after that in nineteen ninety four we started the same time because they ha- the help help is the most problem came from that area because we don't have any medical facilities around that area. Yep. And then we have I have sent email a couple of my friends in internationally doctors from Australia, Netherlands, uh, New Zealand, and then I like to do the medical camp. So we did uh, from medical camp from 2005 to until 2013 continually. By most support came from uh, New Zealand. Right. And so, yeah, it's good for people who listen to realize that um, your village is uh, many days walking from the nearest road. Um, so, you know, may, you know, I think it's 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 very uh, interesting to 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 understand that kids, for example, when they go to school, they have to walk for um, for hours and sometimes for for days even, right, to to get to their school. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Sometimes uh, they have to walk two hours in the morning and then two hours back home and after after the cl- school. Right. Yeah, when you when you go trekking there, you you see those kids uh, walking to school uh, sometimes, right? And it's it's actually quite uh, uh, you know it's, it's it's very cool to see it. I mean, of course, for those kids, it's it's pretty hard to have to walk. You know, on the other hand, they have a lot of fun together. They walk in in little groups often, and you can tell that they uh, they are enjoying it a lot. So. Uh, but it's it's such a, a different uh, life there on the trails than uh, than what we typically are used to here in in the US and in, in Europe. Yeah, that's a that's a complete different way you are from. I mean, Nepal from our area is completely different. Sometimes I I was a bit uh, worried about the kids that have to go in, especially monsoon. It's quite dangerous because they have to cross a river and they have to. Sometimes there's no bridge at all. Yeah. And sometimes uh, they might get a biting by the snakes, all those things in, the, in our area. But uh, still, they, have to, they are lucky to have at least some education by providing their wear by our school, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then after this, and in one, uh, uh, night, uh, 2005, we started the Pemanamding Monastery because the all the people from uh, Karikwala area request me for to build that they want to have a monastery school as well, which is uh, one of the biggest projects in my life too. So that was uh, quite a challenging for me, but luckily we get a really good support from uh, Netherlands for this. There are a couple of uh, foundations as well, and privately as well, and some people from America and also some of our Sherpas community, also from Kathmandu, has donated money for the, to complete the monastery. Now we are also providing the good education for the monks in the, in the schools as well. Right. And it's a beautiful monastery. I've seen it. It's, uh, it's on a hilltop. Um, uh, I'll post some photos to the, uh, 
to the podcast notes here as well. Um, but it's very impressive, and it's it's one of the uh, larger monasteries in in that area of Nepal. Is that right? That is uh, not in Nepal, but uh, it is in the Solo Kumbu area. I think it is the largest monastery, I guess. Yeah, and it's but, beautiful. Uh, it is, uh, but after the ad- last year earthquake, they are completely the kitchen and the hostel has been destroyed by the earthquake. Yep. Now the construction reconstruction has been started, and then now we are also be- almost a completely beautiful gate from the down the bottom to climbing before you climb up the mount uh, monastery. So it's going to be complete. Uh, I think within two weeks time because I was there. Two, two, three weeks, two weeks right. ago, I guess. Right, nice. And then, uh, and also we have provided by the Lions International, by New Zealand, uh, we have also provided one safe drinking water for the curricular high schools, which is with a filter system. No any school has got that so far in the Everest region. And then after that, uh, Let's talk about a little bit. Uh, I will explain to you about the earthquake. Last year, earthquake has been uh, one of the major major destroy in the, some part of the Nepal. Right, because especially the second earthquake was uh, the epicenter was close to uh, to Karikula, Is it right? Yes, the first Wali post is destroyed by a couple of houses, but uh, in the reach of way to the Poyam, but in Karela. But the second one, second one hit uh, all the villages. Most of the houses been cracked. A lot of schools and monasteries and uh, a lot of buildings. So, but then, I have started uh, fundraising on all my international people, friends and clients. Everybody has a uh, donate good money so that I'm able. To, I have almost I have uh, able to raise over eighty five thousand dollars. Right. So that's uh, that's all we provided the roofing for the for the whole area. So you may come to, when you come to Karikwala, it will be a bit changing, change the color. There's a green, green, a blue, and a red roofing all the all the villages area. So that's all the money. So we have uh, people, our trekking clients and friends internationally who have donated the money for it. Yep. So I guess the earthquake was was a big disaster, but um, um, in a way also an opportunity to rebuild and uh, and and put your, you know, make make energize the community to um, uh, create you know n- new buildings, etc. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. But uh, I think it is it is like I'm, I'm feeling that uh, it is not my job, but that government government should do it. But uh, that those area government people never never nobody came up at that time nobody nobody inquiry how is people living there so i was very upset but uh, people are very feeling happy with us that with me because uh, i came even that's a dangerous situation every time they hitting hit by the shock every time shocked by the earthquake but i was uh, i took the rigs and then take care of my people from that area so i went there and then you know, I will check uh, who is the, who cannot build a house, we have no money, you know, those who are the poor, we have make a list and then, which is not an easy job for me, but somehow we provide more than I think like a, over two, three, over 200 something houses has got a roofing now, that was very interesting and... Uh, yeah, yeah, good work, great. Uh, 
So okay. Yeah, no, it's it's a very fascinating um, uh, part of the history of Nepal now, and um, uh, so I was there a few months ago. We uh, I stayed at your place, and um, um, you know I think uh, the country is certainly, um, as far as from an outsider perspective, as far as uh, as a traveler can see, it's it's fully functioning, and of course there's still um, uh, work going on to to recover, um, but I think um, you know it's 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 a, it's a great time to uh, to visit Nepal right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think this is the best time for people to visit in Nepal because uh, after the earthquake. But uh, I think the, our natural beauty are still there. The earthquake doesn't uh, doesn't effect, uh, destroy the our natural beauty. So, so most of the trekking trail is uh, still open and uh, lodges are open. So it's it's a normal now for the trekking. So, but it is good opportunity for people to see the after the re house rebuilding and what. You know all the history of the earthquake, you know, yep, and how people are living here. So that is kind of opportunity for people to to know and to visit here. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. Great. So, so I think Nima, it's time to wrap up. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's great to to to, to hear uh, your story. And um, uh, what's really amazing for us at Kim Kim is to be able to. Uh, work with um, you who are, uh, you know, as, as we've heard in this last half hour, have deep roots in the Everest region. Uh, you, uh, you built your own uh, career completely from scratch without any, um, uh, you know, without any background, uh, no education. Um, so it's very inspiring um, and it's, it's fantastic together to build, to build this business um, uh, to, you know, for you to help us grow and for us to help you grow and, and do this together. Um, and then also to have travelers uh, have amazing experiences in Nepal because everyone who, who, who we sent to Nepal comes back with, uh, you know, a changed person essentially. Like, it's such a special country. It's so beautiful. The people are so nice. So, um, you know, Nima, it's, it's very uh, inspiring and uh, very re rewarding to do that uh, with you. Thank you, Joost. Uh, and thanks for the Kim Kim. Uh, it was a great opportunity talking with the, <coughs> the phone. Right. And... Uh, I look forward to forward to work together and uh, as a good partnerships. Great. And Thanks, in, Nima. Uh, in Nepal, we'll do our best. Yep. Sounds uh, sounds great. All right, Nima. Thank yeah. you. Th thank you, and have a good day. You too. Yeah. Thanks.